Well, it's good to see you here this morning. We do have a number of people missing this morning, and usually on potluck dinner, there's just a bunch of us, but I know we've got a number of people out sick and everything. Uh, and there's some people we do need to keep in prayer. Uh, I had a call the other day, and uh, Lanelda Jones and her family, well, she's come down with COVID. But they're thinking that uh, now she is she's doing a whole lot better. And uh, I know that uh, she went over to her daughter's house before she knew she had it. I mean, excuse me, her mother's house. And so there's about three of them in that house under quarantine. They're under quarantine. And so y'all keep uh, Lanelda and, and uh, Betty, Luna, and Annie Price and her family, y'all keep them all in prayer, but they all seem to be doing good. Evidently, it, it wasn't very bad because they're, they're all recovering real well. And so y'all just keep them in prayer. And uh, I, like I said, I know we've got a number of people just out sick and everything. But uh, anyway, uh, today I would just like to speak to you for a few minutes. Uh, we have, you know, potluck dinner after the service. So everybody stay. There's plenty out there and everything. But I'd just like to talk to you for a little bit about a deeper relationship with God. I, it's really been kind of, I guess, on my mind. It seems like we, there's a number of people right now that they seem like they're drifting away from God. They don't have that drive. They don't have that ambition. They don't have that desire to come to God's house. There's just a lot of stuff going on in this world, and we know that we have an enemy out there that, that is deceiving a lot of people. Uh, and he gives them the excuses. They don't need to come, this and that. But, you know, we all need a relationship with Christ. I don't know. When I have to miss or something happen, I know how bad I feel because I'm not in the house of God. I miss it. I get to that point where I, I guess... And I don't know if any of y'all do this or not, but when you do not have fellowship with one another, when you get out of the presence of God, there's a, there's a void in your life. There's a void. There's an emptiness. That emptiness is the Holy Spirit is not as active in us as normal when we're not close to God. It's kind of like uh, having close family that you hadn't seen for a while and you miss them. I know when I was off with my back surgery and everything like that, it was getting so bad that I wanted to get back here so bad and so quick because I missed y'all. I missed... seemed like there was just a presence of God that I was missing. I was praying. I was reading my Bible. And, and everything, but still, 
when you don't have that fellowship with other people there, when you can't look at them, you can't speak to them, you can't talk with them, there's just an emptiness. It's not the same. But regardless, we need a relationship with God that we know. Even when I couldn't be in here, I knew I wasn't by myself. I mean, I knew that God was And I also felt a heaviness because I also knew that the devil was coming against me. He looks for every opportunity that he can to separate you and God. He don't want you close to God. He don't even want you coming to God's house. Oh, you can come to God's house as long as you don't really, if you're not sincere about it. But when you come into God's house, and in the praise and the worship, when you really get into praise and worship God, that's when the devil really gets you. He don't want you praising God. He doesn't want you worshiping God. He doesn't want you to have a closeness with God. He's going to do everything in his power to separate us. That's kind of what's going on right now in this world. With all the conflict, everything going on, Satan is using a lot of different things to try to bring a conflict into the church. Many people use the excuse, well, I just don't want to get out and go to church because somebody may have the virus. Go down to Walmart and you see them shopping. They're in a bunch of men. I'd rather be here than in Walmart. I mean, here I feel comfortable. I feel safe. Walmart, you don't know what you're running into. You don't know who's there. You don't know where they've been, what they've been doing, or nothing else. But that doesn't seem to bother them. But see, that's the devil. That's the devil. Uh, Israel went through a time when God had to bring them closer to him. Israel is God's people. That's his chosen people. God chose that very small nation to be his people. He loved those people. He was their God. They were his people. But many times Israel would get out of fellowship. They would get out of worship. They would even worship other gods. After all that God had done. And you know, it just kind of reminds me that's a whole lot like what we are. No matter how God has blessed us, many times we look for something else. We are not satisfied with the blessing of God only. We want other stuff. We want something else. And when we finally come to realize it, God was all we needed. But that's the way the devil works. So anyway, I'm going to just talk here for a few minutes about a deeper relationship with God, and I think that's what every single one of us in here need. I'm including myself. I want such a deep relationship with God that no matter where I am, I feel God's presence with me. 
and that is something that every one of us should have, is wanting a closer relationship. Whenever you pray, you ought to know that God hears your prayer. You ought to know that he's listening to you. You ought to know you're right with God. And the only way we can be right with God is to be close to God and have the relationship with God. And uh, I'm going to kind of look here and for just starting off in the, in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, when Jeremiah was going among the people, there was a lot of problems going on there. And I'll get to them in just a minute. But you know, in Jeremiah, many people believe, I'm going to be here for a minute here in Jeremiah 29, chapter 29. And a lot of people, and this is some of the, many people's favorite verse, is, is, and, it, and many people figure it's a very important verse, and it is. But it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's what God wants to do for us. And this is a great scripture. It's a great scripture. But I think Jeremiah's got another scripture that we really need to get into. That we really need to get into our spirit. And this is something that we all need in our life. Here in Jeremiah 29, 13, Jeremiah, God is telling Jeremiah to tell the people. He said, this is God speaking and Jeremiah is interpreting it for him. He said, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Notice that one word in there. You will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Israel was not doing that. Israel was kind of separating themselves among other gods. They was trying to bring other gods in, in, into Israel. And it, uh, just like this here, you will, you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Every one of us probably have had those times when we become forgetful in our relationship with God and give Him little or no thought. How many times through the week have you gone and not even give God any thought? Hadn't thought about Him, didn't, hadn't prayed, or anything else. Just out doing your thing. You're leaving God out. God wants to be a part of everything that you do. He wants to be a part of what you are doing. You know, there are times, and I know it, 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 we all do it, that we do not walk as closely with God as what we should. There's, there's a lot of times that we're, we stray. We get away from God. But the Bible encourages us to seek a deeper relationship with God. To seek a deeper, meaningful relationship relationship with God. In Psalms 105.4 it says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face forevermore. To see, you know, a lot of people don't understand this, but when they say, seek His face, you know what that is saying? 
to have an intimate relationship with God. It's like getting right in God's face, your cheek right against his cheek. A closeness. God wants that kind of a closeness. He wants that intimate relationship with his people. We have to strive for this. It's not something that is just going to happen on its own. We have to strive for this. And then here in 1 Chronicles 22.19, it says, Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. In other words, make up your mind that you're going to seek God with all your heart. Seek Him. Look for Him. Find Him. Invite Him into your life. If If you've been separated from God for a little while, invite Him back in. That's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for that invitation to come back and get into your life. And in seeking God and finding God, in studying for this, I found three things, three things that's involved in having a deeper relationship with God. First, it involves us making a choice. Making a choice to seek God and get Him back in our relationship with Christ is not something that we can take for granted. It's not something that's just we're just not something we're going to be out there walking around and doing things. It's not something that's just going to happen. God is not going to force Himself on any of you or myself. He's not going to do that. A close, intimate relationship with Jesus will not happen automatically. It's not something that's just going to take place. Scripture tells us that we are in a constant struggle with our flesh. Our flesh is in a constant struggle with our spirit. The flesh is the things of the world. That is our humanness of living in the world. The spirit is what God put in us. And many times our flesh, that's what the Bible says, our flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. The spirit and the flesh are in a constant battle. And it's up to you as to which one wins. You can let that spirit dry up in you and the flesh is going to take over and win. Or you can feed that spirit. Feed the spirit. How do you feed a spirit? (coughs) Get in the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Get God Invite him in. Have fellowship with God. Get into prayer. You know, one of the the closest ways you can get into prayer with God is just get off by yourself. Get away from the telephone. Get away from Facebook. Get away from TV. Get away from all of it. And get alone with God. Talk to God. Tell God what's on your mind. God wants to hear from you. God wants that fellowship with you. He wants that time alone with you. He wants that intimate time. Just you and Him. Nobody else. No interruptions. Just you and Him. And when you get to that point in your life, you will be surprised what God says to you. You mean God talks to you? He talks to you through your spirit? Yes. 
Things will come to you that you wouldn't even consider or thinking about. I know it. there's been times I get down in my office. I'm totally by myself. No TV. No phone. Most times if I'm going to be down there, I'll take my phone and I'll leave it upstairs. Just me and God. And I know that I have spoken and talked to God and been honest with God. That's what you got to do, is be honest with God. Don't hold back anything. If you've got something bothering you, that's just like David. When David sinned, David said, I went before the Lord and I held back nothing. I held back nothing. It don't do you no good to hold it back because God knows about it anyway. God honest with him. He knows what you're feeling. He wants to wrap his arms around you and hold you so tight next to him. He wants you to know, hey, everything's going to be all right. I've got it under control. There's many of you in here right now that you need to get along with God. You need to sit down and you need to just open up everything that you're holding inside of you right now. You need to let it go. I don't care if you scream, you holler, what you do. You let it go. And just ask God. God, put your arms around me. Hold me. Get me close to you, Lord God, where I feel you. There will be such a warmth that will come over you. It's just like all of a sudden, somebody is t- taken and wrapped a blanket around you and is holding you. He said, Bill, are you serious? Yes, I am serious. There's those times you need to be alone with God and quit holding back what you're going through, what the devil is trying to tell you, how the devil is trying to draw you away from God. You be honest with God. Get with Him. You know, Scripture tells us that we, like I said a while ago, that we're in a constant battle with the enemy. You know, Satan knows everything about you that will tempt you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what will tempt you. And that's what he puts in front of you. That's what he puts in front of you is to draw you away from God, to draw you into that temptation. You say, yeah, but when I think about temptation, I'm sinning. No. Temptation is not sin. Doing the temptation is the sin. Remember? said that Jesus was sinless. But in the desert, what did Satan do? He tempted him. But Jesus didn't, was not tempted. Temptation itself is not a sin. It's falling into that temptation and doing that temptation is the sin. It's not the temptation itself. Walk away from that temptation. Walk away from, from what is tempting you. You know, it says that temptation is, is not something that just 
He says it's not common, uncommon to all men to go through it. But he says, Jesus said, I have made a way when temptation comes for you to avoid it. When did that temptation come? Say, well, Jesus, I need to avoid this. And you know what? Very simple. He's going to tell you, turn around and walk away. That's the easiest way to avoid temptation. Turn around and walk away from it. Don't do it. Don't go to it. Turn and walk away. Run if you have to, but get away from it. Jesus says that the temptation itself is not the sin. It's doing the temptation that is the sin. You know, when temptation comes and you're, you're facing it, now you've many, many people think, oh, I'll lose my salvation. No, you do not lose your salvation. But sometimes, when you start falling into it, you lose the joy of your salvation. You lose the joy of your salvation. Y'all remember in Revelation chapter 4 where Jesus rebuked the church of Ephesus because they left their first love? This is, this is what we're talking about. Leaving our first love. I want to hear in Revelation uh, chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Nevertheless, I have some things against you. This is Jesus talking to the church. Nevertheless, I have some things against you because you have left your first love. What was our first love? It was Jesus. They were not working with Jesus as they should. They had not accepted him and doing the things that he had told them to do. Even though that uh, the church was very active, busy, they had drifted away from the Lord. You know, that's real easy for a lot of churches to do. Active and busy. Too many times, churches, get into things. They get busy doing things that does not include God. We're leaving God out. We're doing this, we're doing that, but we didn't include God in it. God says, you've left your first love. You've left me. God had blessed that church so much. But yet, they begin to drift from God. Now he is rebuking them. And I think here in, in, in 2 Timothy, it says a lot about a lot of churches. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. They have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. 
They have a form of godliness. Well, look how busy they are. Look what they're doing. They have a form, but yet they're not including God into their activities. They're leaving him out. And this is what God is saying. Nevertheless, I have these things against you. You have left your first love. You've walked away from me. You're not loving me like you used to. You're not doing the things you used to. You're not worshiping me like you used to. It's like I'm not even here. And this is what God is saying. We need a close, intimate relationship with Him. You know, if we are believers, our first love should be Christ. That should be our first love. That should be what motivates us and what drives us, what makes us want to come to church, what makes us want to have praise and worship. It's because why? We are worshiping God. And I hate to say it, but standing over there and looking around, many times I see people. It's like they're talking. They're not, they're not paying any attention to the praise and worship. They're not worshiping God. You're just here. We have to put God first. Number one. He has to be number one. He has to be first in our lives if we're really going to have a relationship with God. You say, Bill, that's kind of rough. I'm telling you the truth. We've got to get closer. We've got to move in and, and invite God back into the church. It's like we come just to do something But have we invited God to come and be with us? Are we sitting there waiting? Well, maybe this will be over in a minute. I've got things I really need to go out and do. I mean, Jesus had a lot of things he needed to do, but yet he went to the cross for us, didn't he? He loved us. He wanted a relationship. He didn't let anything else get too important that he couldn't go to the cross. Sometimes we let things get too important that we can't get to church. What's God going to say? Don't you love me? Where's that burning passion that you used to have at one time? What'd you do with it? You don't read my word like you used to. You don't pray like you used to. Do we? I know what I'm saying. I'm probably burning somebody up. But I'm not even in my script. I'm not even in my work. This is what God is putting on my heart. Sometimes God gets tired of being abused. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to be in your life. He wants to be there when you need Him. 
He wants to have fellowship with you. He wants you to talk to Him. He wants to talk to you. He wants to put His arms around you. He wants to love you. He wants you to love Him. Are we doing that? Are we doing something else? You know, this next thing that I want to look at here, it involves having an intimate relationship, getting God back into our lives. It requires a cleansing. We need to be cleansed. I'm going to go here in the book of James. James chapter 4, verse 3 through 8. And this is what God is saying to the church and to all of us. Adulterers, adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity or hate with God? Whosoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy to God. If you want the world more than you want God, then you're making yourself an enemy to God. That's what it's saying. Therefore, submit to God. What does submit mean? To give yourself over. To submit. To put yourself under the word of God and the actions of God. Then he says, resist the devil. It doesn't say go out and pal around with him. It says resist him. And he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. The closer we draw ourselves to God, the closer God gets to us also. And he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded. It's trying to be in the world and worship God at the same time. Don't work. You cannot serve God and the world at the same time. See, this was the problem that the Jews had during the days of Jeremiah. This was what was going on with the Jews. They needed a cleansing from their sin and to submit to God and to God only. They were Back then, Israel was trying to worship both God and Baal. Baal was an idol. Baal was a false god. And God would not accept it. And do you know he's not accepting it today? He's not accepting us trying to worship him and then worship something else too. God says, you worship me. Put me first in your life. God is not pleased with a half-hearted worship. He's not satisfied when our hearts become divided between him and the world. He wants all of your heart. He wants all of you. He don't want to share you with the world. He wants you all to himself. 
You know, the simple ways of this world, if you'll think about it, they're in opposition to the ways and the righteousness of God. They're totally different. They're opposite. And, we, and when we develop a friendship with the world, or when we accept the simple ways of the world, we're going against the ways of God. We're going against God. James 4.4, 4, it says, Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy to God. If we choose the world over God, it says we're becoming an enemy to God. So that's why we have to put God first. Make Him number one in your life. And getting a closer relationship involves cultivation. Cultivation? What is cultivation? What does a farmer do when he's getting the ground ready to grow something? He plows it. He cultivates it. He makes it ready. He fertilizes it. He makes it to where it's going to produce. That's what we have to do with our heart. We have to make it where it produces a love for God above all everything, above all other stuff. You know, the way Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen was written, it reveals two things that we need to look at. That we must to have that deeper relationship with God. Number one, it must be intentional. We have to want it more than we want anything else. We are to purposely and willfully seek after God. Make Him number one. We are to intentionally search for Him with all of our heart. You can't go out there half-hearted and try to bring God into your life. Because God's not going to hear you. If he can't be first, he's not going to be second. It must be something that we deeply desire is a closer, intimate relationship with God. To totally desire it above everything else. And the other thing we have to do, it must be continuous. It must be an ongoing thing in our life. It's seeking God, inviting Him in, having that relationship with God. Searching for God is not something you do one time and not again. Seeking or searching God is not the same thing as accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Seeking God is a daily choice we make. It's a daily choice we make. You know, when we get up in the mornings, probably one of the first things we do is have a conversation with God. Invite Him into your life. Say, Lord, I need you to be with me today. Lord, I want to feel you. I want a closer walk with you. Lord, I want people that I meet out there in the streets, I want them to see you in me. I want them to know that I love you. I want them to see 
There's something different about me than about everybody else. We're to be different. We're set apart. Seeking God, like I said, is a daily choice. It's, it's a choice we make to do whatever we need to do to have a closer walk with Him. Well, what do I need to do? How do I have a closer walk? First of all, like I said a while ago, get into His Word. Read His Word. See what God is saying to you. Meditate on that Word or consider it. Think about it. God, what I just read, that's exactly what I'm going through. And God says, yes, I know. That's why I set you to that Word. And meditate on that word and see what God is telling you to do about doing that word. You know, that's probably every, every one of you probably done this. You'd be sitting there maybe reading your Bible and you start reading, you say, you get to reading something. How did God know this is what I needed to see? He sent you to his word to show you what you needed to do. That's one thing about the Bible. It's got an answer for everything. And God wants you to see it. He wants you to get in His Word. He wants you to listen to His Word. God is not going to steer you wrong. He's not going to be telling you to do something that you shouldn't be doing. Read His Word. Meditate on His Word. Pray. Talk to him. Visit with him. Spend some time. How many of you should spend some time with God? Or how many, oh God, I need this. Okay, thank you. I'll see you later. That's not spending time with God. Come to God. And before you ask for anything, worship him. Tell him how much you love him. Thank him for all he's done. Thank him for what you know for what you know he's going to do in your life. Have a few moments there with him before you ask him for it. He knows already, he already knows what you need, but he still wants some time with you. Just you and him. You know, reading his word, meditating on his word, spending time with him, praying. It's one of the greatest things you can do to bring God into your life. To have a more meaningful relationship with God. And many people ask, well, why is God allowing this to happen in my life? Maybe you're going through a situation. As I was reading, I run across something right here, and I'm going to share it with you just right quick. God has a purpose for why he allows us to be carried away into bondage or to have problems in our life. What do you think that is? It's so we'll come back to Him realizing we need Him in our life. We've neglected Him. We forgot about Him. We didn't pray to Him. We didn't come to Him. Maybe you went that whole week and you never prayed. You never opened up your Bible. You never had a moment with God. God misses you. He wants, your, he wants that relationship with you. 
Sometimes we go through these things to draw us back. That's what he did to Israel. They went through bondage and bondage. Why? Because they become disobedient to God. They became disobedient. And God was trying to draw them back to him. So he put them through things to make them realize, wait a minute. When we was walking with God, I wasn't going through this. He wants us to know we need him. Sometimes that's why we go through stuff. So we will realize, hey, I had not been as close to God as I, as I need to be. I haven't prayed this week. I had not talked to God. I really neglected God. He's reminding us through some of the things we go through. Come back to me. He wants us to realize that we need God in our lives. And when we realize this, he has a promise for us of what will happen if we'll come back to him and look for him. Again, we go to Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. He wants us to come and look for him. He wants us to come search for him with all of our heart. God's saying, once you reach to the point where you're searching for me with all your heart, I promise you, you'll find me. He'll come back into your life. He'll bless you. But until we invite God back, until we get him back into our lives, We're not going to have the blessings that we did at one time. Just like Israel. He removed the blessings. I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you're here today and you feel like, well, I'm not as close to God as I should be. I'm not walking with Him like I used to. Maybe it's time to ask God to come back into your life, to be number one in your life. It's time for us to start praying and having fellowship with God like we used to. If you're here today, and you feel like maybe you need to have a closer relationship with God, we have an altar right up here. He's waiting for you to invite him back. He's waiting to come back into your life. Maybe you've got away from him a little bit. He says, I'm here today. Invite me back in and I'll, I'll come back. I'll come back into your life. So I'm going to ask the band to play. But if you feel like there's a kind of a void or a loneliness in your life, you're like, I'm not as close to God as I was, he's here today to fill that void, to be as strong in your life as you will allow him to be.
as we allow him to be. He wants to be back in your life. But you have to allow him. I'll ask the band to play if you need to come and just talk to God. I invite you to come today and then we're going to go next door, have lunch.